Cindy's Choice is powered by integrity-centric businesses found at cindyschoice.com. It's Cindy's Choice to be brave and make a difference. Cindy here. And thank you. Thank you so much for being here for episode seven of the Cindy's Choice story. And I kind of left off with, uh, I now, I'm in my 20s. Um, it's the, you know, Dallas, Texas, high volume nightclubs, um, upscale nightclubs. It's the fast life. It's the fast life. And, you know, that it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I worked a lot, though. And that's... um. But that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Again, like I said before, I was popular. I was a um, center of influence. If, when you managed one of these high volume, at one of these high volume nightclubs, I mean, this was back when people stood in line to get into clubs. You, we, you had to have a VIP pass to get past the line. So people wanted to know me. <laughs> and, you know, it, it was, it was, it was pretty cool. Yet, um... It was the fast life and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't prepared for that yet here I was already again. Like I said, I always topped out in a business so quickly. I'd you know, go from waitress to bartender to supervisor. And before I know it, you know, I'm one of the managers in my, you know, early mid twenties at these high volume nightclubs. And like I said, the big parties and, you know, fur coats and being popular and making good money and having a fancy car it was pretty overwhelming. And as I sit here and think and process with you, I'm so thankful because I, you know, I did get pulled in some directions that I'd have rather not gone, but it could have been so much worse. And what I remember a lot about that time, I mean, I did, I had, I was popular. I had the nice car. I had the great job. I had everything that everyone around me wanted, but I remember very clearly being confused. I was so confused of how I had everything that we're supposed to acquire and achieve at such an early age. Yet I remember the emptiness. I remember this confusion from feeling so empty and not recognizing like what was missing. And again, I would keep topping out and then kind of getting bored and wanting to go to the next thing. But um, kind of what happened, and again, I'm just kind of processing and thinking this through with you, like right now, I don't spend much time thinking about my past. I'm fast forward, uh, focused on the positive and not even focused on the now, but focused on the next. But uh, as, as I re think back and think about it, there was this kind of emptiness. I mean, I was having fun. It was, uh, it was a fun lifestyle. Oh my gosh, I was a major shopaholic. Oh, gosh, that just came to thought. For some reason, you know, making money, credit cards were coming like crazy. And I did not know how to manage money. I lived in poverty all my life, you know, like I'd shared before. Never got to shop. Never, you know, even when I was working full time, paying rent to my mother, I never had much spending money to, like, spend on myself and so forth. So I think that would have been one of my first addictions, uh, I got, I, maybe I could resist the cocaine, but I could not resist the shopping. And you know, Dallas, Texas, we got Neiman Marcus. I said that I, I remember making a lot of money, but I didn't hold on to any money. I had, you know, I had um, no kind of uh, thought 
about securing my future. And what's crazy too, here I was in my 20s and I didn't think about marriage or like having a family or anything like that. That did not cross my mind. But again, too, very very popular. I mean, I had the pursuers. And, you know, in that atmosphere, in that environment, of course, and in that role, of course. But I guess it didn't help either that um, Dallas, Texas, I don't know if it's still the case, but at some point, it had the highest um, demographic or population of singles per capita in the whole United States. (laughs) So, um, you know, I was like, super pursued. And I guess I need to back up a little bit because like I'd mentioned, like, like, you know, like a boyfriend that uh, helped me uh, buy, you know, uh, he didn't buy it. I bought it, but he kind of helped me seek out a good car to purchase and so forth like that. And that had been my first ever kind of real like boyfriend, you know, like I'd, I'd had, you know, dates in high school and went to proms and all that kind of stuff. But we, we dated for over a year. And, you know, even with him, I wasn't, I the thought of marriage or a future or nothing ever came to mind. But when we broke up, I remember something that had really caught me off guard. And I'm glad I'm thinking this through now. And that um, I, I think this was my first kind of recognition. I didn't recognize it at the time or of this like feeling this incredible rejection and this was what's crazy is you know I wasn't I didn't feel like I was in love I I didn't like it wasn't like that it it wasn't um I I you know again I'm still just processing all this but just the you know the disconnect I think that's when I first kind of felt this kind of rejection and of course that's what I'd had all my life from you know my own my own mother and um, it, I think it triggered something in me and me being so like new to, you know, dating and an adult life and so forth. It kind of, I remember kind of thinking, you know, it's almost like it, it clicked in my brain. Oh, if that's how it's done, you know, you, you, I just remember not wanting to feel that again. And then it's not like I intentionally went out, oh, I'm going to go have a lot of boyfriends. I was already in that environment. And, you know, I I got the tall blonde, you know, tall blonde Texas thing going on. So it just wasn't, you know, and being in that environment, there were lots of pursuers and um, lots of dating. And it was crazy because I'm just, again, I'm processing right here with you. So you got to bear with me. I remember that, um, you know, it's like I would set up where I had someone I was dating and I always had like the two backup guys that were still kind of in the mix but kind of had the number one guy that I was paying the most attention to. Now, I wasn't like uh, sleeping with all these guys because, you know, it was that. But I would, you know, after that feeling of rejection, you know, in hindsight, I see that I was kind of protecting myself from that happening again. And I remember like several times I'd be dating someone and some kind of indication, any indication that Things were going to be, you know, peachy keen anymore. I was done. I was gone. I was out. And, you know, I can remember with several different times, like running into that person down the road and them kind of looking at me kind of like, kind of strange and kind of really like ask me, what happened with us? I mean, what, you know, (laughs) where did you go? And, 
you know, it, I, I, I remember kind of not knowing how to respond. And, you, you know, now, of course, in hindsight, I'm seeing that, for one thing, I didn't, you know, I didn't understand relationships. I didn't know how to connect. And it's crazy because I was this Pollyanna. I wasn't just popular like with the guys. I was a popular, likable, you know, charismatic, fun person. I had this, I loved everybody and wanted to include everybody. And, you know, was just great fun to be around. Yet, you had so many friends and I loved everyone, but there was no connection. And, you know, it took me a long time to realize I didn't know how to connect. I didn't know how to connect. And, um, it, it's, so, you know, and that happened several times. I, you know, I'd be dating somebody up oh, any indication, something might go wrong. Bam, they're out. Next one's in. So therefore, you know, a season, um, I was kind of in this cycle. Well, at some point I started getting kind of exhausted and not understanding why. And I kept, you know, I would top out at this job and, go to the next job and top out at that job and go. I was doing the same things with jobs as I kind of did with relationships. And I, I just, it's like I was looking for something. I didn't know what I was looking for. And at some point, and like I said, I wasn't like, um, I mean, I had, there was a de- degree of promiscuity there, but at the same time, I, I wasn't like sleeping with all these guys, but I was sleeping with, you know, at some point I'd slept with enough guys that I was like, not feeling very good about myself. And yeah, I didn't know, like I was in this environment, I was in this role and I could tell that's not where I wanted to be. It wasn't how I wanted to conduct my life, but I didn't know what else to do. I did not want else to do. So I was very, um, very like glad when one of the, the clubs I was working with, they wanted me to go open a club in another city. They're like, we, you know, we want you to go and handle the flip they called it a flip back then they try to get a club they would they figured a, a club had like a two-year lifespan and uh, then they'd want to do some kind of new theme and they'd want to get that turned around as quickly po- as possible so they s- would send me out to open these clubs which was a lot of fun because I was a you know I was there part of the construction hiring all the new employees and I would you know be there for the, the grand opening in the first couple of months to get everybody lined out then you know I could go on to the next thing and I was so like relieved. Yes, I'll go. And you know, because I, it now, you know, looking, I really, I just wanted to, I was trying to get away from something that I didn't know I was trying to get away from. Because again, this is in hindsight, I didn't understand what I was doing wrong or why I felt like I felt when I was so popular and it looked like I had everything that, you know, we're supposed to want. And um, so I, I, I go off to, uh, um, to Tyler, Texas to open this club. And oh my gosh, you know, I got popular there <laughs> real quick. And again, it's like, it, it wasn't just my role. I'm, I guess that I'm, I'm a real likable person. I'm, I'm fun. And uh, it, it's like, you know, that would get me in trouble a lot too, because I'm nice to everyone. And you know, there's a certain demographic of, of men that think you like them just because you're nice to them. And I was nice to everybody. But, uh, so I, I go out there to, to open up this new club and all of a sudden, you know, here come the pursuer and it's kind of overwhelming because, you know, I, I was vulnerable. I did not, you know, I didn't have any kind of guidance or understand protection. Are you kidding? It was the opposite. I was handed over 
to predators, you know, when I was very young. And I haven't even mentioned all, you know, near all the incidents of things that had happened along those lines when I was young. And, you know, before you know, I remember there was one guy that was heavily pursuing me and people were telling me to be careful, like he was the head of the cowboy mafia or something like that. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is just too much. And I love the work. I love, And at this point, you know, I was in full-blown management. They were giving me a percentage of the clubs. Um, I, I was, uh, I mean, they wanted me there. I had like a personal assistant that did all my shopping and everything for me. I mean, it was like a, you know, it's my Mustang, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, here comes this contractor that was remodeling the, um, the new club. And totally different not you know one of these Dallas suits um here came you know this contractor in a pickup truck you know that could do things with his hands and you know it was like it was just like huh this is intriguing it was it was different you know there I you know and that's what you do it's like when you're running from something but you don't know what to run to and uh you that ended up being a you know a relationship and uh, you know and again you know in hindsight I realized I just was, I was just tired. I needed, I needed what was happening to stop. And I didn't know how to stop it because I, I just, I, I didn't understand. I just knew it didn't feel good yet. It was confusing because I had what everybody wanted. And, um, you know, in hindsight, I recognized that I, I wanted something different. I wanted out. Well, but even we, as a couple, we got pulled back in because I got that club rolling and um, we got invited to, re, you know, remodel the next club back in Dallas. And, you know, we bought into that one. But it was brief that, um, you know, I'd, I'd already decided, like in my mid-20s, I go, I know I don't want to be in this industry when I'm over 30. Because I was, like, managing people twice my age. I didn't want to be where they were at, you know, when I, when I was twice my age. And plus, it's just a rough, it's a hard, it's a hard life. I, I respect um, hospitality workers so much. It's a, it's a really, really tough industry. And I think it's tougher than ever. But I, I, I knew, I could tell is what was, I was knew I was getting pulled in a wrong direction. And, you know, what's industry, industry, in, interesting is I have some friends, like from Cotton Eye Joe, that first kind of job that pulled me in there. Um, there were three brothers that were bartenders there. And they're some of the dearest people I've ever known in my life. And they were very, very good friends to me. And we've been able to reconnect on Facebook, which is really, really awesome. And I had a phone conversation with one of them, um, maybe, I don't know, six, eight months ago or so. And, uh, he, you know, he, we were talking about those days and he told me, he was like, Cindy, we worried about you. We worried about you. And I said, I'm sure that you did. And they said, well, he goes, even before we kind of saw you getting kind of pulled in, you know, because they, they were, uh, very disciplined. They'd had alcoholism in their family. Like they didn't drink at work or do, you know, they kind of managed the situation and I was kind of getting pulled in to all that. And they said they were really concerned. And he said, what Cindy, what really concerned us, I might get a little emotional here. Um, they were three brothers and they'd had it rough. They'd had it tough. I forget exactly, you know, alcoholism in the family. I think there were some kind of issues. I forget exactly what their mom and dad and, you know, they had to work at an early age. They had to take care of themselves at an early age. This is getting me because my buddy said, you know, Cindy, but we recognize we had those challenges, but we had each other. And he said back then we're like, wow, how does she do this? How does she do this? 
all on her own. And again, I'm processing with you. So this is, uh, you know, it gets me. And again, I'm not getting upset for me. Are you kidding? Oh my gosh. When, when, you know, when you get to hear (laughs) where this comes to and how all this gets used for such amazing good, you won't feel sorry for me one bit. And I don't feel sorry for me. I feel sorry for other people that are dealing with that and they're stuck there like me. I was so confused. I did not understand what was happening. I just knew it wasn't good. It wasn't right. And I, it, it's like I was in this constant cycle and did not know how to break the cycle. And I ended up breaking it. You know, unhealthy people attract unhealthy people. So I ended up breaking it in this unhealthy relationship. And that's, that's where we'll get to um, with the new segment. Well, we're still kind of in the club era because it was pretty exciting. We invested in a club and we, um, um, we, it was the, the, the late eighties in, in Dallas, Texas, and I was getting tired and it, it was very, here I was general manager, big nightclub. And so he went to work in the industry briefly, you know, so we could kind of take care of our investment and we were just both getting tired of it really, really quickly. And, you know, it's, um, it's a brutal industry when you get, to, especially when you in business, when you get to ownership level and so forth like that. And it's amazing. Here I was 26, maybe, maybe I was close to, maybe I was 27. And I was general manager of this high volume upscale nightclub with 60 plus employees. And I sat at a conference table with nine other male partners, you know, like answering to them and, you know, uh, making decisions and, you know, managing all this, it was a lot of pressure. Uh, and, it, you know, it was like everybody just envied me. <laughs> I mean, I, I like, wow, look at Cindy. And I was so unhappy and so empty and so miserable. And I wanted out. So when, um, of course, we'd made a big investment. But um, and it, it, there were people like some of the partners were stealing and all kinds of stuff was going on. But the economy was kind of tanking and um, in Texas about that time. So, like I said, my um, uh, the, my boyfriend at the time, who became my husband, but this was before he was my husband. We um, we decided he decided or we decided that we would travel and follow work out east, so he could go back to ironworking, construction, welding, and so forth like that, and make really good money, and you know, give us a way to kind of get out, kind of pay. We we borrowed money to invest. We wanted to get everybody paid back. And I remember just thinking, oh, wow, you know, I can get away from this. And that that took us like on a whole nother journey. Um, but that that did kind of help me close a book to a chapter that was kind of I mean, it was so awesome. Yet, ugh, you know, I was so unhappy, uh, you know, so much of the time because there was always this this emptiness. There's. I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm trying to process it right now with you. There was just this, um, I didn't know how to connect. I did not know. I'd never had any kind of real relationship in my life. And, and later, um, I find out, you know, uh, that it's, I, I loved everybody. I loved so much. But if you're not a good receiver, if you don't know how to receive, then you're, you're not loving. That's not love. Love is an exchange. 
and I had to learn to be a, a good receiver. And I was still a long ways from that. I was still a long ways from that. So I think that's a good place to wrap this one up that, um, to, to, that we'll get to those marriage years and uh, kind of, it'll be interesting kind of what happens during that time, uh, which leads to hang gliding and all kinds of things. But hey, you know, thank you so much. Like I said, this is real. I'm processing this with you. And again, I've shared on live radio, but I'm, I share differently every time. There's so much. There's so many layers to this onion. And, you know, I realize more and get more revelation as I share with you. And I just appreciate you being here and, and listening so much. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave you with lead with love. You can tell I'm on a journey here and I didn't know love. I know love now. I know how important it is. I know that there, that I know how empowering love is. And I just want you to go leave with love and seek first to understand. Go make good choices. Overcoming major life challenges that left Cindy homeless and alone on the city streets puts her in a unique position to make an impact. Contribute to the cause by utilizing the integrity-centric businesses found at cindyschoice.com. Thank you for being a part of our mission for change, because we can do so much more together.